Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 99%. Uh, with me, we have Elliot. Good morning. Elliot Bassett with Mountain Endurance. MTN Coaching. What, what the heck? I, never mind. That's not my email or work, whatever. You can find me on the internet somehow, I'm sure. <laughs> and we also have Marilyn. Hey team, how's it going? Marilyn Chicota Coaching. You can find everything with me at mcc.coach. Awesome. Welcome, you guys. And I guess I should say my name is Jesse Vondracek, coach at Top Step Training. And um, it is morning for you guys. It is afternoon for me, winding down the day here. Um, did you get starting snow? My, I did not get snow. I got a little rain this morning. No You're snow. missing out. We got two inches. It was nice. You know, I am ready for that to not be a part of my life anymore. So I'm okay with not getting snow. Maybe don't move to Switzerland if that's what you want to do. Well, I don't think all my decisions through, Elliot. Um, <laughs> Marilyn, what about you? You got any snow in Tucson again, or just when we're doing camp? Just when, just apparently, just snows when it's camp. The rest of the time, it's pretty nice. Yeah, it was. Um, we've had such an unusual winter here as you know it's like snow twice in one winter what the heck but it's starting to get nice and i think this week it's meant to be back up in the 70s so sorry guys come to tucson <laughs> awesome good to hear um does that mean your triathlon training will uh, be able to continue in full swing i think so yeah i mean at least i have no excuses right <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say that, but uh, you said it. So that's fine. It's sunny and dry every day. I actually went, I, I never, ever hike. I like, I like the idea of hiking and I just never do it mostly because I'm like, get lost in my own house. My navigation skills are pretty much zero. And I was, I don't know, I have a really hard time with that. And so I'm a tiny bit actually, to be honest, afraid of hiking or trail running. So I'm always afraid of getting lost. And I went for a long hike yesterday and man, I'm a bit sore in some weird places from that. <laughs> and, uh, it did was you good. go to Seven Falls? I did. Yep. Yeah, I've always wanted right. to do that hike. And wait, you've of... never been there? Nope. Maryland. I know, right? I'd All never right. Been there. for the listener at home. I yep. have lived three winters in Tucson. I've done that hike minimum nine times. Never done it. And never done, I've never how, done a how line. I know. What? Nope. Jesse used to do that like once a week for a year straight. I know. Like I just, always run or like on, give I, or take. Right? I always run on the road. Yeah. I, I always run ah. on the road. I'm I'm like kind of scared of navigation of trails. I I literally I get lost so easy. But I knew it was like a Sunday and sunny and there'd be a bazillion people out there. So the chances of me getting lost were were slim to none. So I was like, well, I'll just keep following people at some point. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's How many thing for me i i get i'm i'm really 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 bad at navigation so jesse i can confirm that. that i've seen that mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> i'm pretty bad at it so i never go hiking <laughs> especially on my own <laughs> oh my yeah well that's good good time on feet uh good kind of long run substitute as you're uh building up run volume yeah yeah which happens to be the topic of the day um wait not run volume just well yeah i'll let you clarify you have the you have the floor <laughs> well we want to talk about how how the three of us go about defining run speed run effort 
in how we in what situations do we use what kind of workouts is that fair to say R run or maybe or maybe not use run workouts is the uh, the plan I'm, I'm trying right now as i'm getting ready for a, a marathon in five yeah, or six Jesse, days what is your terrible idea what are you doing next that's maybe <laughs> ill-advised um but besides running a marathon no i want to hear like get into it about you running oh. a marathon and, and yeah um, well, I guess maybe not ill-advised, but I kind of, you know, this, this is a very kind of early season marathon for me because my real goal races are in June and July. And so I'm pretty far away from that to be at kind of run peak fitness. So I'm trying to do a marathon on less than, um, I guess full fitness, but then of course I still want to run decently well, because why would I not want to do that? So in order to get ready, I've done a lot of long runs with a fair amount of vertical, but I've done, I think, three workouts since January. And you are running on a flat and fast course, Paris Marathon. Yeah. yeah. And like by just to give you some numbers on, on some of the vertical, I've been doing like two and a half-ish hour long runs. And my goal for like the last three of them was to get like around 3,000 feet of vertical. I got a little over that on like the last couple. You should start aiming for a thousand meters. So everyone around you knows what the heck you're talking about. Well, that's on my last one. I was like, oh, if I get like over 33, I think I was a little shy, but that, I was thinking that. Yeah. I actually bet you run pretty fast. I, if I, if we had to take bets and money on it, I think you actually are going to run pretty well. I'm going to um, short it. Always go on the under with Jesse especially if it's a height competition. Um, for those listening, all three of us are short. Me and Jesse are the same height. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> Just joking. I'm not the tallest. I'm nearly the tallest. <laughs> uh, so what were your three workouts? Uh, I did a race. I did a 15K. So I count yeah. as a workout. Uh, I did a 30-minute tempo um, last week mm -hmm. just to make sure. And I did like six by a K uphill, like, um, a week before the 15 K running race. How much I'm assuming the 15 K running race, you ran somewhat significantly faster than you'd like to race your marathon at. Yeah, that was tough. Cause it was hilly, but yeah, I, I ran it. I'd say, um, you know, more like 10 K effort until I couldn't anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I got in a battle with like an 18 year old. So what's your fastest open marathon to date? Um, I know you've been 10 years, but like, you, you know, kind of have an idea. I, I did a 245 uh, at CIM one year pacing Amy. Oh, nice. Yeah. So so, but that was actually, it was really hard for me though. So like, yeah, that was a bit of a stretch. Right. And what's the goal for this one? Well, to go faster than that, of course. <laughs> Just see what it is. <laughs> I think I can but, go under, my goal is to go sub 245. Yeah. But you, in training, you've done like six flat pace, which would be more like 237 for 20 miles, like multiple times. But you're not currently yeah. in that shape. Correct. Yeah. So you're obviously not training as seriously for running specifically. Um, 
as you have in the past, but you're doing a race you haven't done in 10 plus years. Because that CIM race, like you said, it was hard, but probably not how you would have raced a standalone marathon if you were in the race by yourself. No, I think it was two weeks after Arizona and I didn't take that two weeks super seriously. So that uh, shouldn't sure. aid anything. I bet you go two, I'm going to put two out there, either two, 40, 35, and be real specific, or I like it. two, 39, 28. Those are That's surprising. It. I thought you were going to do the blow up version and the good version. <laughs> I, those are my, well, those I, are my guesses. Did you write them down? Yeah, I wrote them down. Good. Let's see how close I am. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I I think the the question I guess for the viewer is you are in a situation where your goal pace like 6:15ish per mile if you're listening to this in um the US but per k that shakes out to oh boy 352 354 um I can't do that yet. That's about that. Sure. Yeah. So um, the point being is in the past few years, you've been in, in times where you could pretty easily knock out 345 for a really long period of time, probably almost for sure for a marathon. So the, the pace of the run is, is like not actually that hard for you. The issue is making sure your legs have the endurance. And so I think in this specific situation, your goal is actually like not that challenging from a speed perspective for you. It's more just, you had a big move, a big life change. You haven't been training nearly as um, regimented as you have for most of the last decade. I think that's a fair statement. So from a speed aspect, you're not like challenging yourself per se, but the distance of the race currently is quite a challenge. And the time at any sort of speed, like you said, you've literally run fast three times. That's definitely going to be a, a question. So like, can you run that pace for a half marathon is not a question at all. And I think a lot of people come into certain races somewhat uncertain in a, if it was just an average training day, if they could hold that pace for half the distance of the race, if they weren't fresh enough and you don't have that scenario going on. Um, and I think that's an important thing just for the listener. If you're talking about a triathlon or an open marathon or open half marathon, a lot of times people don't realize that their main limiter is endurance, which I'm assuming is one of the reasons you're having fun doing long runs on challenging terrain because you're just trying to kind of like make sure your legs are strong for the distance. I guess hop in, correct me where I was wrong and give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it also works out well that I moved to a place that has dirt roads and trails out my doorstep that when I thought about the idea of like doing a workout on the flat road I have here, it was like, I would much rather just go for a long hilly trail run. and yeah, kind of accomplish those goals of make sure I have, you know, enough endurance for the race because yeah, like, like you kind of said, I think that's, I think that's my limiter for my goals. And I guess I also think that carries over probably to most of our listeners, right. Is like in general, especially for a triathlon, I would say speed is not usually the limiter. It's usually like, do you have the endurance to, to run like even just for the time you're going to be running in the race? I would like to jump in and say I named my company Mountain Endurance like 17 years ago, and it wasn't an accident. Um, it was basically like this exact theory, right? Like we took a photo of like Ben's calf 
running up a hill because we were like, you're this rate, like we don't need speed for this race. We need to be strong. Right. And that's, I think for, particularly for a marathon, for an Ironman, for a half Ironman, you know, your ability to withstand and to endure and just be aerobically strong is, is the main limiter for most people. So I realized we want to kind of get into the nitty gritty on how we define various pace workouts, but I think we probably should just start that by saying most everybody listening doesn't have enough endurance for their event. And so like at some point we're not running, we're not running the 400 where turnover is a really big issue or the 800 or even the mile. And so once you bump up to the 5k, very, very few people do not have the leg speed to like run comfortably for half a mile at their goal 5k pace, if that makes sense right? Or comfortably is a, you know, like mechanically comfortably. So at the end of the day, we're trying to define various ways to gain more endurance, not necessarily, people call it speed, but we're trying to actually just get fitter for a period of time. And it's not about sprinting. I mean, occasionally it is, but yeah. Wouldn't you think about like, if we're using you as a case study example, specifically, Jesse, you actually have exceptional turnover for the speed the pace that you run off the bike right i mean you're you're really i mean what would your cadence normally be it's like it sounds like this yeah insane turnover insane really really good turnover and you're also very light so if you're looking at like speed like weight speed uphill you have you know, you're, you're a light person and you have really good turnover, but you've been running endurance for a very long time. So I would, I would say, it's not like you're looking at yourself as an athlete going, I have poor endurance development. I mean, you're, you're definitely got a, um, a well over two decades of endurance and, and really legit endurance as well as racing. And, so to go faster for someone like you, because your turnover is already pretty good, I would say actually your approach right now is, I, this is where I would disagree with what Elliot's statement at the beginning is actually pretty smart. You know, going, doing, when you said I've been doing 1K hill reps, developing strength and power in your stride is probably the one area that's going to allow you to run, break that 240 barrier that you want in the open marathon, right? Because, you know, you already run fast for you in terms of maxed out on turnover, right? Like you're not going to run yeah. turnover. You're already very lean and light and you're very efficient. So you're not going to get leaner and lighter and be able to move faster that way. You've already been training as a, at a professional level endurance wise, your aerobic engine based on even swimming, biking, the amount of miles that you've got in your body and your aerobic efficiency is massive compared to most people. So for someone like you to be stuck about not getting under 240 in a marathon, like I would think looking at you, you should be more in that 235, 232 range for an open marathon if you're training and fit. So it goes, okay, well, what's the missing piece here? If we're looking at you specifically as an athlete in the case study, it's, and so that's why I said, I bet you actually, you might not be in your peak fitness, but I, I, I would put money on that you'll run quite well and that you're onto something instinctually quite good for, for yourself and improving your run. That's just my, opinion. Um, you guys can agree. Well, thank, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I hope so. Yeah. 
I think that was I know I I agree completely. It's because his goal is sub two forty five and not two thirty two. I I think his main limiter right now is just making sure he has the miles in, and making sure that vertical is good because he doesn't have an issue with, you know, six fifteen per mile pace, um, basically ever. Right. Obviously, you're running slower than that on your easy runs. I think that's like unless you're going straight down a hill, you're not running six fifteen pace on these. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I enjoy running my easy runs easy. Um, but so I guess one change I had made that I was curious about your opinions. Um, and I guess not just on me, but also on other athletes is that in general, I would say my long run is usually closer to two hours. And I will say that, you know, if I'm doing that on the river path and adding in some tempo, I can get pretty close to, you know, whatever, 18 miles in there. But now I've kind of bumped my long run up to like two and a half hours. I think I'd run those like 240, kind of significantly longer. So, um, yeah, what's your take on on long run time or distance? I guess however you prescribe it, and um, and yeah, I guess how do you how do you uh, how do you think about that when you're um, getting someone ready? And I, let's keep this. Since we're talking about long distance, let's keep this in the realm of say Ironman and or open marathon in that kind of um, distance category. Yeah, you know, I I, I think. I use a lot. It just really depends on the athlete, obviously, but certain athletes, if you're running really fast and you're getting 18, you know, 30 K or 18 miles in two hours on flat roads, you're not going to have them run more than 18 miles that often, right? A 20 mile run, or even a 22 mile run, you might have someone do that what, three times in preparation for a long event, because more than that, and it gets to just be too long. But if you're talking about hilly terrain, running two and a half hours, pretty, you know, let's say once every second week or once every third week, that's, that's a good idea, but you're not covering 18 miles at that point anymore. It's just the, it's a completely different thing. So that's for a faster athlete, someone who is, does have the ability to cover 18 miles on a flat road in two hours. You gotta be really careful. You don't nuke, nuke your athletes, especially male athletes. If they're running, right. If they're running that far, cause they're running really fast and that takes a lot out of you. I mean, the, the stress of that probably takes at least three days to really, really, truly recover from maybe even five for a little bit bigger athletes. So that's um, like to truly recover from it. So you don't want to be doing that every single week, but uh, two and a half hours on hilly terrain or even, you know, 240, something like that. That's maybe you're only getting 13 to 15 miles in if it's, if it's a really tough course. And I think, I think, so that's a, that's a good thing. You know, so it really depends on the speed of the athlete and what the terrain is and what you're trying to do for that athlete in their build and where they're at in their athletic career. Some of the medium or athletes who aren't covering as much ground, then getting them to do a couple of those really long runs based on time. I don't like having athletes out running out, out there running three hours very often. You know what I mean? That's a really long time. I'd rather have them go for a four hour hike rather than say, let's do, we're going to do an 18 mile run. And we're going to do that every weekend, 18 miles, 20 miles, 22 miles. And they're out there running three, three and a half hours, four hours. That's just same thing. That's a really, really long time for them to be out there. So I'd say, okay, well, let's go for a four hour hike 
And then we're going to make most of your runs two and a half hours or two hours, and we're going to increase the work rate within those. So they start to learn how to work harder within those long runs. I don't know if I answered I, the question or not, but no, yeah, it's good. I, I think I think you answered it pretty well. Um, I I think my biggest thing with long runs in general is just making sure that people don't get injured and they make it to the start line of whatever race they have, and the whole point of a long run for a mar like whether you're marathon training um or ironman training like ironman training i personally lead towards shorter long runs just because i want to make sure that people are adequately prepared for the swim in the bike and if they're not adequately prepared for the swim in the bike like this goes back to me in college my my college professor ex-phys professor had uh, our grad program like right this is like in 2005 and so the information is not as advanced as now and they were like writing this perfect iron man training plan and so they were making sure he was you know aerobically fit across the board and he was doing a ton of long runs and i pointed out that he had a running tan line more than he had a cycling tan line and i was just like yo dude i understand your run fit but you're not going to run well because the run is last and so for a triathlon, I often have those runs shorter. It's not because I don't want them to be longer. It's just because certain people only have so much time in the day and they're going to get fatigued. And I worry about so, injuries. Yep. Can you put a, a time on that? Like when you say shorter, what do you mean? Like do you usually run 90 minutes as like your longest long run. Do you go by distance? Do you say like 16 miles? What do you, what time, do you got? Time, time. Um, and if someone's super, super fit, like yourself, Jesse, like from whenever the last time I coached you a long, long time ago, probably I never gave you a run over 22 or 23. Right. But you're like pretty close to the peak of the peak. Like, I don't think I ever gave Ben runs over 20, maybe once he did a 24. Um, and it was just like a lot. If you, I'm sure you remember like a lot of runs in the 90 to two hour range, like a lot of frequency of that. And then overall volume was pretty solid from the longer run. But then for a marathoner, I think that's a lot bit different question in Maryland's point of like having someone do a really long hike or doing if, if they're just running and they can handle that volume and you've built them up appropriately, I am not against the three hour run like at all, or possibly even longer, depending on the speed of someone, you know, cause if someone's getting ready for a, like, they're just trying to break five hours. I don't think it's that crazy to have them going three and a half hours if they've had a really long consistent buildup where they're actually getting ready for that. Cause that person, you know, you know, for whatever reason is, is not as fast. Um, and they're covering ground a lot slower, but on race day, they're going to be out there for five hours. I don't think it's crazy to ask somebody to do 70% of the time they plan on doing. And those people aren't, they're not pressing from a speed standpoint. It's purely endurance right? There's no, there's not really a speed component to a five hour marathon, whereas there is for a two and a half hour marathon. Um, so yeah, quite, I, I guess I'm like different. Like if you're a marathoner, I'm really likely to give you quite a long run and for a Ironman, the opposite. Gotcha. Okay. What, about um, you? what do you have your guys do guys and gals? <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess I, I tend to lean into prescribing via time most of the time. And then I will say though, sometimes if I'm getting like 
that those, you know, you get, you mentioned like say three runs closer to a race where you're getting longer. And then I might kind of switch over and say, Hey, like I need you to get in 18 miles here and get away from that time a little bit, just for, just for, you know, those three or four cases in that buildup for say an Ironman or a marathon, whereas the rest of the time I'd be like, yeah, you know, maybe it's that kind of 90 minutes, two hour range where you're, or I might say, you know, if you can go, if you have a hilly trail near you, that's where I want you to go run and then try and not try and get away from distance there. So they, uh, they feel like they have the freedom to run a little bit slower and, um, and, and just kind of, yeah, get in like that easier long run. And then, you know, I might switch over and do a little bit more distance where we add a little bit more work in the run and then it becomes, yeah, maybe a little bit more structured there. That's exactly the, but, the, when I say medium athletes, like you've got your, your people who are running really fast. There's one recipe that you might like a protocol you follow with them. And then you've got people who are going to be out there a very long time. You take a completely different approach with them and that sort of medium range. I'll do the same thing where I switch from, you know, depending on the weekend or how close we get to the race and, and within their build where it's specific on distance and pacing within that distance and then you go swap back to time so that they're not just out there forever depending on the you know terrain and stuff like that so real really similar for that middle group of athletes those ones yeah yeah they're running somewhere between 315 and four hours for a marathon that group of people in an Ironman do you kind of use that cutoff as the person who does their 90 minute long run so a lot of people are legitimately running easy, but that pace is their marathon pace for like a 90 minute run. And they're not running too hard. It's just, they only have X, Y, Z endurance and they only cover so much distance. So I find for a lot of that stuff, that's kind of like how I, okay, this person just ran and they were going easy, but 90 minutes is a really long ways to run for most people. And they covered XYZ ground and their goal was actually like their marathon goal is to just keep going that pace, but going for another two hours, right? Whereas someone else, like if you're training somebody to go sub 230, they might be running 90 minutes and they might only go like 11 miles or 11 and a bit miles. But then in the marathon, they're, they're going to cover 15 miles in that time. So the pace difference is totally different. So the long run serves a different purpose because the long run for the faster folks for me is often just getting the fitness for them to then be able to do a huge volume of speed work and be strong enough to hold for a long period of time, as opposed to just cover the distance period. Yeah. Um, so I guess that leads me to a, another question on that. How much do you guys prescribe work in a long run? And then how much is it just kind of like a long run? And, and yeah, I know, I guess we can kind of, you can say, you can, break that up into a few different groups or you can kind of just like kind of play to the middle on that one if you want to but, but yeah so how often do you do say a workout within that long run i i've changed over time i used to prescribe quite a bit of work i think you can probably attest to this jesse like what 10 12 years ago i don't think it was crazy for you to have a fast finish long run or a long run with like on offs and stuff like that and then <laughs> For triathletes, I started getting away from that because I started feeling like it was just too much and people were ha were suffering in subsequent workouts. It wasn't too much for that workout. And whereas for a marathoner, that was almost like still the meat and potatoes. Um, whether, you know, it, 
and so for a, a slower marathon or someone who's co covering like whatever eight minutes plus um they would have not so much work in their long run and someone who's who's covering the distance a bit quicker they would be more likely to have a long run with some sort of work but then i wouldn't even categorize that as a long run it would just be a workout that happens to be long right and the demands of the race in inherently you know cover a lot of distance so they might be doing a 16 mile run but if their long runs 21 16 doesn't all of a sudden seem like a long run it's just a really long workout um yeah marilyn yeah i would say that that middle range of athletes that i was referring to before uh for ironmans i actually have them do if they're trying to go for high level results within their age group, I do have them do quite a bit of work at their goal Ironman marathon pace, or just like 10, 15 seconds per mile faster than that to get a real feel for once they're, we know, okay, they can cover the distance. They've got a few years under their belt. They've got a handful of Ironmans under their belt. Um, I actually will have them do broken work within their long run at their specific Ironman pace. And that's the gate to that is different. The feel for it is different. How they digest calories is going to be a little bit different. Um, the rhythm of it is different, even like how much foot time on the ground. And I want them to really develop a feel for what that feels like. And obviously, well, not obviously, I guess is having them do it when their legs are pretty tired. So they understand what that feels like as well. So not necessarily running, you know, let's say at a, at a certain threshold or we're not measuring it by, you know, are they working in within a, a specific zone, like anything like that? It's what do we predict your goal Ironman marathon pace is going to be? And let's do a lot of cumulative work within that range within your long run. And so for that middle group of athletes who's trying to, you know, be podium in their, in their age group, I actually prescribe that a, a good handful of times in their preparation, because for just running really slow all the time for the long runs or more, what might happen is that they end up running a little bit too fast at the beginning and then falling off at the end. I want them to really develop that not only their body structure to be able to handle that pace, but they're, they're, them to know what it feels like as well. Enough times and enough different situations that they understand, okay, this is the rhythm of it. This is how my legs are going to feel. This is how I'm going to feel when I'm fueling it. This is, you know, all of the specifics of it. And, and that helps set them up to when they, when they get off the bike, they can dial into those body cues and, and they're, you know, they're well-prepared for it. So different than I guess uh, if we're talking specific work within a long run, it's not necessarily, hey, we're going to do four by 10 minutes at threshold within a two hour run. It's not like that. That would be, you know, that would be way too hard and probably smoke them. But uh, it's more, hey, what is your, if someone's going to run, wants to run a 330 off the bike, we're going to maybe do, you know, eight minute miles for, we're going to do four by three miles within your you know, 15 mile run at exactly eight minute mile pace, which is really not that fast. You know, it's just, it's just getting to the rhythm. So, I mean, I think I prescribe to a similar theory and I don't even consider that speed work. I just consider that like race preparation, right? Yeah. Cause it helps you with fueling and it helps you with pacing. And like you said, probably most importantly, kind of helps you with the rhythm and figuring out like, what is the pounding costs? on your body at that sort of pace. And I think that's the one thing 
that I would say is like the flaw. And if we go back to the start of like Jesse's plan is obviously, okay, if he covers the distance, he's going to be aerobically strong enough to handle this. If he does enough up and down in the mountains, his, his legs will be ready for the pounding. Will his legs be ready for the pounding at pace? And that's just a question mark right now. There's no doubt Jesse can run the speed. There's no doubt Jesse's heart can keep up with the demands and his energy systems can keep up with the demands. The only real question is, is the downhill running going to be enough pounding force? And does he have enough pounding like in his legs from the last 10 years to be able to handle that like 615 pace at mile 24, right? And I think, Jesse, that's like probably your main question for yourself as well. I mean, to, I will also be wearing fast shoes that, that are relatively new. So that'll help a little bit with that, a little cheater, cheater code for that. Uh, I heard if you enough. pay the right person, you get to run on a trampoline for the whole race. Oh, yeah. You get the extra stack at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll use another out. case study example. I have an athlete. She's she's a really fast runner. She comes from a collegiate run background and she she consistently does run fast off the bike in her Ironmans. She didn't before I started working with her. She really struggled to run well off the bike and she almost quit Ironmans because she knew she was a good runner and was, you know, out there just dying on the, on the marathon. If I give her, because of her run background and her talent running, I actually spend her entire Ironman builds holding her back. I let her run fast to a point that I know is fast for an Ironman athlete and the goal time we have for the marathon and the Ironman, but never what she would, what I know her ability is, is in terms of actually running fast. Cause to me, it's more important that she doesn't get injured and that she can keep running consistently. And this, this, how fast she can actually run for a 5k or 400 repeats or two hundreds is not actually relevant to the Ironman run that she's going to be doing. So I spend a lot of time holding her back on anything really fast. And if we do go fast, it's, this is fast enough for what her goal is in an Ironman. So if I'm having her do, you know, repeats at 530 pace, you know, they're, you know, 600s, 800s, that kind of thing, three minutes, that's plenty fast enough for her to be able to run what she needs to in her Ironman marathon. And, and we really focus on, I'm always just like, we got to leave a lot in the tank for the Ironman. So I never, I know what she's capable on the, of on the run, but we don't, we don't ever tap into that in training. And some coaches might see a talented runner like that and actually keep pushing their run and keep pushing their speed on the run. And I really do the opposite. I push her very hard on the bike and I really push her with big blocks of bike training and not necessarily in terms of volume, but repeated backed up hard work on the bike followed by a, a run with very controlled specific run work. And so that is, you know, maybe where a newer coach might make some mistakes and they'll see a fast runner and get excited and open up the gates or let the horses go and, and say like, go ahead, run as fast as you want. And they, it's just really in relationship to what she's trying to do in an Ironman, not relevant. And the risk there is, is pretty high. And they, they turn up actually at their Ironman, either flat injured, or have just done too much fast running for what it is that that event requires, in my opinion. Yeah. And to, to go back to what you're talking about the long run, how that, that pace that they, people might be doing in the long run, is going to be like hundred percent aerobic, right? It's going to be well under threshold. And so, like Elliot said, it's not actually a workout. And so when you're giving this person like pace work in their long run, that's like controlled for them, you know, it probably doesn't even feel that hard or much like a workout for her, but she is getting that benefit of, 
you know, being able to run that for a long time. And it doesn't really matter if her 5k time has lost 10 seconds in, in that Ironman build. Eh? Well, here's what's the crazy thing is she actually still runs her when we, when we do say, okay, we're going to go do a 5k and I'll say to her, I want you just do it like a relaxed tempo. Just let your, let your legs float along the ground. And she ends up running, you know, fast, you know, really fast. She'll be, you know, 18, 18 minutes for 5k off the bike and a sprint triathlon, which is plenty of speed for someone yeah. who's going to run, you know, let's say we're trying to run 305 or, you know, 310 and off the bike as a amateur Ironman athlete, that's, you know, that's plenty of speed right there. And we don't, we don't ever really need to focus on that. So that's your indicator as a coach, like, Hey, this is an area that not do, we don't need to push that. We actually need to like rein it in and hold it back and, and keep that talent just sort of like, don't let it, don't let it take over your like sight on what the main goal is. Cause you can easily get excited about that and go, well, let's try and do a, you know, 17 minute 5k. Well, why, you know, why are we doing that? Um, I do have one long run. I want to throw out there that I 100% stole from Ryan Bolton. So thank you. But I, I've used it a couple of times uh, myself on and on athletes and I've, I find it works pretty well to, to help that feeling of like an Ironman marathon. And, uh, we do like a hard start and that can be various distances and, and paces, but, you know, kind of a hard start for, for a few miles, a couple miles, and then having to settle into that place you guys are talking about where you're maybe 10, 15 seconds under Ironman goal pace, but you're trying to hold that after, you know, your, your heart rate spiked and you're kind of like, you going mean under, into you mean faster or slower faster okay so you're trying to, you're going 10k pace at the start or half marathon open pace which is obviously way faster than ironman pace you do that for about how far uh, it really depends on like the athlete but like you know even even just a mile of that you know you get your heart rate up and you get some some leg fatigue from running fast so and you're saying 5 to 15 minutes and then you settle in still faster than marathon pace, but much more aerobic, like you said. Yeah. And I think yeah, I've I found it pretty effective. Pro racing though, right? I mean, if you're if you're racing professionally, then that's probably really relevant. Uh, well, I've used it too with some of that the middle of the you know those middle athletes we were talking about, and obviously the the paces are like maybe a lot slower than what I would do, but just helping to. I um, want. Everyone listening, I don't think you're a middle athlete. That's Jesse saying that. So carry on. <laughs> um, well, let's say there's people who are winning the race and going breaking world records. There's I think everybody just, knows. Their only goal is to just get through the event. And that's like what they're trying. That's their big goal. Yeah. And there's if you're finishing, who, you're doing pretty darn well. I just wanted everybody to know else we all think race. that. <laughs> We all think if you're finishing an Ironman, you're doing pretty darn well. Okay, carry on. I just realized we were like, uh, it sounds like we're talking down to people. We're not. Okay, carry on. Um, I, I was just saying I've used, you know, kind of watered down versions of that. And I've seen success with that kind of across the board. Um, what do you think that anyway. is? Yeah, do you think that's a fitness thing? Or, I mean, how much of that is just mental, right? Because so much of it, of an Ironman is mentally preparing, not, not to say that's a bad workout. It's just, there's different ways to skin that cat of getting like mentally in the zone of what the heck 
because what Marilyn was saying earlier of spending a really long time at the actual pace is a similar kind of mental thing. They both do different things physiologically, but all they're both good physiological workouts. But at the end of the day, I think the mental aspect of both of those sessions is the key aspect. Yeah, I think you having to kind of like accumulate a lot of fatigue early and then deal with that for, you know, the remainder of the run, whether it's like, you know, you have like an hour left or whatever after that, where you're kind of having to try and deal with that, that first 15 minutes, the entire time of getting your heart rate down, trying to refuel and then dealing with uh, the fatigue you've built up in your legs and that kind of, I, I don't know, I find it to be a good simulator for kind of what that middle part of an Ironman feels like without having to run super far. So I think it, it's good mental preparation for maybe that, that feel that's hard to get for just how awesome you feel in the middle of an Ironman marathon. I wouldn't uh, know. Um, <laughs> feels amazing. Oh my God. It feels amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to say like, I would use that once, like maybe twice. It's not like I do like every weekend we go out and do that, but one or two of those I, I found to be like beneficial. Yeah. I I mean, obviously I've never done an Ironman, but I have done some like hundred, whatever, 20 to 50 mile rides with runoffs and plenty of marathons. I always imagine that like how you feel at mile 20, 22 of an open marathon is kind of how you feel at like mile four of an Ironman, except you're just going a little slower. Right. Like, it's just like that grind just goes a lot longer. Um, I don't know. Obviously I might be way off, but that was my impression. What about um, like double runs? So I was looking through Erica's training log from like years ago and it was like five seasons ago and it was like another double run Sunday. And I was like, I don't even remember like I don't remember how that one fit in and then I was like looked through a block of a couple months and I was like oh yeah that's a thing I did I think I used to give them to you Jesse and I just like totally forgot about it I I think so much of it depends on the person um and I think generally that for myself my my personal opinion is they're they're definitely a more advanced technique and I think a lot of people that are um not at the pointy end of the race probably would benefit more from like what Marilyn was saying early on of just like a really long hike or slowly building up to where your distance is like you're covering that distance over time. And honestly, I think double runs increase risk of injury. Some people say they decrease risk of injury, but if you have a competitive athlete, they often run that second run. They're not quite recovered and then they might be pushing the pace. And so their muscles are more fatigued than they realize and people get injured when their muscles are fatigued, they're not supporting their bone structure as well. And then the pounding forces on your bones go up, um, which I think is the opposite of what most people think. They say, oh, well, you're not running as far, but usually people then do a a double run and they're not just cutting their run. They're running further than they would have run, but doing it in two times. And it's like, well, your body's still covering a further distance. So I think you have to be really careful. If you are going to do a double run, really ask yourself, can my body handle this mileage? Um, that said I've prescribed them and they've been somewhat successful, but I think I personally over the years have become, uh, more, I use them more sparingly, more specifically, 
and I, I recognize they have a possible drawback of actually increasing risk of injury when the, when the general consensus is they decrease risk of injury. Marilyn, what about you? Do you ever give them? Yeah, I mean, I, I have for sure. And I actually am probably lean towards the, the opposite opinion of that with the general masses, Elliot, is that the athletes I have that are biomechanically struggling and, you know, frequency, obviously frequency and volume, but people tend to, when they're, when they're trying to build up that long run, if they biomechanically just start to fall apart towards their long run end of their long run, breaking it up into two or, you know, where we, if there's a progression and say we're doing, you know, an hour in the morning, 30 minutes at night, and then the next weekend we do an hour 15. And then the next weekend we do, you know, one in the morning, 30 at night. And then the next weekend, 90 minutes, I find for people who are injury prone or having, you know, trouble building up that long run that actually I've, I've had a lot of success with that kind of pattern and, and recipe for slower athletes, or like I say, injury pr prone athletes or athletes who are biomechanically struggling, or when we first start introducing hard work within the long run to break it up where we do, maybe we only do an hour or 90 minutes in the morning that has quite a bit of hard work within the run. And then we just do an easier 40 minute jog at night. So I don't know. For me, I, I personally, when, cause I biomechanically really struggle with running, I got injured running a lot. And when I broke it up and, and Scott used to do that with me, where we broke up the long run, I stayed, you know, much, much less injured and, and had more success building up run mileage. And I've used that with either some of my older athletes, or like I say, injury prone athletes, biomechanically struggling athletes, athletes that have trouble building up the work rate within the long run. And it's been pretty successful. So I think probably, you know, everybody has different, different experiences with different sessions. And that's been my experience personally, myself and with athletes. Uh, how about you, Jesse? Are you somewhere? In, are we the two opposing sides and you're somewhere in the middle or what? Uh, you're in Switzerland. So <laughs> yeah, I, I have to stay neutral on everything. You're I've in Switzerland no now. <laughs> I've got no choice but to play to both fiddles here. Yeah. Um, no, I guess I think that, um, you know, I, I think that the, the biggest, most important thing for an athlete getting ready for a longer distance event like this is going to be their total run volume. And I think that the double run or even like the triple run or just sneaking in runs in, in any capacity like that, that's bumping up that total volume. I, I like, I, I think that, there, you know, like you guys were mentioning, there's a lot of ways to do it. I think you can also do it by, you know, kind of like I said earlier, making an athlete run kind of a technical trail where you, you might be out there for three hours, but some of it is power hiking. And so it's kind of like effectively a broken run or, um, you know, a run walk or something like that, where they're kind of accumulating a little bit more time on feet. Um, I might, I might lean into something a little more like that before I would go to a double run, but I also think that, you know, for some athlete schedules, it can be a really good way to do it where maybe they have 30 minutes in the morning and they can sneak out for another 30 minute run in the afternoon. And so again, you're getting that, that kind of total volume. And I think it can be a good way to do it. And, um, I, I, yeah, I think you guys kind of talked about both sides of the injury coin there. So I don't need to, to jump on that again, but I agree with both of you that it, it can be beneficial. Um, sometimes it can also, you know, if you do, I, I mean, I've even tried doing that where I do like a double hard run and like, that's, 
you know, that definitely is, is a lot of time and zone that um, took me a while to recover from, you know, maybe wasn't like, yeah, maybe the, the intensity there was a little bit um, beyond that kind of benefit. Um, so yeah, I, I think they can be useful and I like total volume. So that's what, that's how I'd use them. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, a lot of it is like when you write a workout, knowing how your athlete is going to take the directions and are they likely to go as you wrote the intensities a little too hard or a little too easy. And as they get tired, are they more likely to lean into it or back off from it? And if they're more likely to go a little too hard and lean into it, all of a sudden they become quite negative. And if they're more in the middle, if they're neutral or they're more likely to back off, all of a sudden those runs become probably more beneficial. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all got to do with your personality. Yeah. And kind of that communication of making sure the athlete understands like the, the goal of the session. Eh? Mm -hmm. that, does everyone walk around in Switzerland with a rifle just to make sure that like people like Ger the people on the German and French borders understand they're like, we're neutral, but every one of us has a rifle. Um, you know, I haven't really seen any guns since I've been here. So <laughs> every, every, every male in Switzerland has to do army training and have access to a rifle. I've coached Swiss athletes. They have to like take time off to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I believe you. I'm just, I, I, I'm sure it is. I'm just saying I've, I saw a lot more guns in America than I have here. Right. Um, oh, well, sure. But that's because we're Yosemite Samming it up here. Um, my, so my cousin, whatever, this doesn't matter for the podcast. Let's carry on to running. Um, well, I mean, I was actually just going to maybe say we put a pin in it as we've got to partway through the long run in my notes and not very, very much past that. Um, are we going to follow this up on run intensity for things past the long run? We could do a series, I mean, a docu-series. We might have to, because this has been 50 minutes and I don't, I, I don't know if people want to listen to our voices for much more than 50 minutes at a time. <laughs> exactly that's fair um that was a pretty good deep dive in the long run and maybe how you split it up in double runs though team yeah yeah and i i think you know let's uh let's let's put in the show notes those exact times for jesse's paris marathon next oh gosh okay weekend, or this weekend and let's look it up and see how close we are on the bets here let's uh elliot throw out hey. a time uh, I'm going to throw out, I have to look up my PR from 1 million years ago and say seven seconds slower than whatever that is. Oh. Um, all right. So well, you have to like let me know and I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Let's, like let's put these in the show notes. And then... 242 or something like that. And just slower than that. What I would like to get for in Jesse's all of head. listeners to actually add to our notes. What do you think? Yes, we'll run Paris Marathon based on our conversations here. And we've got my guest times. We'll get Elliot's up there. And then closest person to the time. Do we? Uh, do we'll, we... Get, we'll get up some swag. They'll get some swag. Yeah. I don't Wait, know what you got be fast yet. shoes, though. I just realized. Oh, <laughs> I'm changing this two minutes faster than whatever I ran. That's what it okay. is. So okay. closest person to it. The time, the actual time, Jesse's going to report it afterwards. 
we'll send you some swag and uh, hit us up on this on this long run thoughts on our on our episode here. All right. Well, thank you for the time, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers. Yeah. Over <laughs> and out. Thanks. <laughs>